at the podcast where we review books. Happy September, listeners. Happy September. It is nearing the end of September, and so... Oh, I think we're just before the equinox right now. Hello and welcome to Forever Young Adults, a podcast where I, Aoife... And I, Kira... Read young adult fiction and discuss it. This episode, I is the one who read a book. Mm-hmm. The book I read was called Fangirl, and it is by Rainbow Rowell. Ooh. Do you have any knowledge of this book? Uh, no, I know that this book... I know that this book spun a side project because of the girl in this book writes fan fiction about a Harry Potter-esque universe that is not Harry Potter and I also know that she references Harry Potter in this book so both both universes exist and I have read the spin-off fan fiction novel and it was delightful and that spin-off fan fiction novel is getting a sequel which is coming out on the 24th of September three days after this episode airs I am actually super excited for that Rainbow Rowell must be the most prolific author in the world because this book was, it's called Wayward Son, Mm -hmm. sequel to Carry On. Of course. Because the author was in fandom. And it was initially billed to be released in 2020, but then she moved it up to September 2019. I've never heard of anyone doing that ever. No, it's always you move it out. Yeah. I've also read her novel for adults, Mm -hmm. which was... um, Landline? I think she might have a number. She has two novels for adults. Yeah. Two I, graphic novels and then the rest of her work is teen fic. I read, um, I read, I read Landline, which was just a joy because it has this magical realism where the, per- the protagonist is living in the right now and her, she's working on a very important project for work that like has been her dream her whole life. And her husband is after having enough of their one-sided relationship and has taken her two kids, like, their ta- has taken their two kids to visit his parents because that's what they were supposed to do for Christmas. But she is like, oh no, this important project that I've been working on my whole life is about to come true, so I need to stay here. And he's like, you always need to stay here. I'm leaving. And then she has a series of phone calls with him, but she is talking to him age, like, 20, and she is now, like, 40, and she can't figure out how this is working. Like, she, it's literally, like, she picks up the landline in her childhood bedroom, uh-huh. and it is talking to past him, and it's real cool. It's because no one has a landline anymore. No one has a landline anymore, and that's how you're able to... It's it's a little bit like The Lake House, but also like much better than The Lake House. The movie. Which With Keanu Reeves. Which, I, I don't know that movie. Oh, in that there is a letterbox where they put letters in and out, and then they talk to the, to the previous slash future owner of The Lake House, and they fall in love via the letters. That does sound like something Keanu Reeves would do. I can't remember who the lady love interest was in that. But also, it's Matthew a very, Ray Goobler. very those bad are, movie. Those are two people I can see doing this. <laughs> but I, you've told me about that book before. I didn't realise it was by Rainbow Rowell. Yeah, no, it's a good book. Um, so yeah, that was her first book. She has written several books. She wrote her first book at 38. Wait, um, Landline was her first book? What was her first book? Her first book was a book for adults. I think it was Landline. Okay, cool. It could have been another one. She published her first book in 2011. And then published two books in 2012, which were Fangirl and Eleanor and Park. Mm-hmm. Which YA... I've also read, actually, but it's been years. Two YA books. So this book, she actually started as a NaNoWriMo. Mm-hmm. We had another book, was it Dreadnought, was written as a NaNoWriMo? Um, I think it was written... It was started It was way. started that way, I think. Um, it was definitely started at, like... The idea was to just write a book in a month, but I'm not sure if it was an actual NaNoWriMo project. For those not in the know, NaNoWriMo or NaNoWriMo is a project where authors try to write a novel in a month. The month is November. They all do it together. They suffer and they scream and they desperately try to re- reach their deadlines. And Have you done this, Aoife? Not successfully. <laughs> And not for many years, but it is 
nice and heartening to read several books which have come out of this project. Like, hey, I guess it actually works. But did you know that to write? You have to write? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I, yes, in order to achieve your goals, you have to do the goals, but in small chunks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back to author talk. <laughs> Less about me. Uh, Rainbow Rowell lives in Omaha, Nebraska, which is kind of a rural place in America, but it is the state of Nebraska is rural. The city of Omaha is a city. She was into X-Men fanfiction as a teenager. Hmm. She got into Harry Potter fanfic after the last movie came out. Yeah. Apparently she literally never read Harry Potter fanfic before that point. And then even when the books finished, she was like, it's fine. There's still movies. There's still games. There's still so many things. But then the last movie came out and she was like, I need more. Oh my God. I need more. Yeah. Uh, I wonder who she ships based on the books and novels that I have read by her. It's Harry Draco. She ships Harry Draco. Actually, yeah. (laughs) Usually this is where we would start the discussion of the book. But this book is called Fangirl. And we're going to have to give a bit of a rundown on what a fangirl is. And what fandom is. So, uh, fandom is an online community of people who are fans of a certain media. There's general traits in fandom and sometimes people who are involved in one fandom will cross over into another fandom because they like the experience of fandom more than they even care about the specific thing they're a fan of. Kath, the main character in this book, is a fan of the Simon Snow series, which is Harry Potter, but no Harry Potters were hurt in the making of this book (laughs) fandom. So it's a book series about a character called Simon Snow. All of the books are titled like Simon Snow and the insert rest of title here. He goes to a school for mages where he was sorted by a magical hat with into having a roommate. He has a very smart friend called Penelope and his roommate is called Baz. The thing Kath likes to write about is the idea that Baz and Simon are in love. This Uh, is called shipping within fandom. It is when you want a certain relationship to happen and you might write or make art about it. Kath writes, she is a very successful fan author. She writes fan fiction. She is a fangirl. Okay, cool. And now we have the context. So she has this success. Kath is a really, really successful fangirl, really successful fan author. But she also has like a real life to deal with and that sucks. And the reason I wanted to cover this book in September is because the book is largely about her transitioning into college life. Mm. She's an incoming freshman at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, which is in Lincoln, Nebraska. All of the characters in this book, their surnames are all named after buildings on this campus. I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, it's real cool. That's a nice uh, Easter egg right there. Yeah. So, Kath is an identical twin. Do you want to hear a terrible thing? Yes. Kath is short for Cather. Kath's twin sister is named Wren because Kath and Wren's mother didn't know she was having twins and couldn't be bothered coming up with a second name. So she took the name Catherine and she split it in half. So her full name is Cather. Yeah, like, Cather. As in like... Like a catheter? Yes! Like a terrible thing to call a child. And also the other... Well, Rin is okay. Ren, like a bird. Well, okay. Ren, Ren like a bird is a good name. Yeah. That's a fair name. Poor Cather. Yeah. Is that why she just goes by Cath? She goes by Cath, but there is a character in this book called Levi who calls her Cather all of the time. <laughs> I hate that. And like, sometimes it's nice when, when like a romantic, is he a romantic partner? Yes. Spoiler, but yes, eventually. Yeah. It's sometimes it's nice when you're like, I have this name which can be lengthened or shortened and just my partner calls me by that variation. Mm-hmm. That can be nice. If my variation was Cather, I would murder someone. <laughs> If your variation was Catherine, it would be weird because your sister is called Catherine. Yeah, my sister is also called Catherine. So I have a lot of feelings and emotions about the the editing of the name Catherine. I think you should try calling your sister Catherine. I call her Cath. 
sometimes, but not often. And my father was like, we will call her Catherine and we will not shorten it. There will be no Cathy's. There will be no cats. There will just be Catherine. But the thing about that name is you can shorten it 500 different names. Yes, you can. None of which are Cather. None of which are Cather. Cather is the worst variation. Yeah. Because also, like, she could have named one child Cath and the other one Trin. Trin is not a great name, Mm -hmm. but it's better than Cather. You could also go Cath and Ren. Oh my god, you could just do Cath Ren. Cath Ren. Catherine, yes. Oh my goodness. But she was like, no, they both have to have the or in there. Terrible. Symmetry. Their mother isn't around. She left when the girls were eight. I can't believe she burdened these children with these terrible names and then walked out. She left on 9-11. The 9-11. I'm, I'm processing the trauma of doing such a thing and also the fact that you felt you had to specify which 9-11 it was as if there was... Many. I mean, it could have been like the anniversary of it, and then it still would have been kind of awful. But no. But they were living in Nebraska. There's a whole bit when, because Kath obviously is a writer, she processes yeah. a lot of the world through writing, and she processes it as like there were no planes in the sky. All of the planes over America had been downed until we saw the president in a private jet flying to New York over us. Okay. And my sister and I stood outside watching this happen while our parents fought fought inside. Okay, cool. So, well, okay, so there was, like, unrest and problems. It wasn't just, um, there's been terrorism, I must change my life. No. Um, so I think Kath and Ren are a product of a teen pregnancy, Both of their parents were quite young. They were unmarried. They met while they were in college. I think they were doing an internship either during college or just after college when they found out they were pregnant. So they got married and their father, Art, continues to work in advertising because they were both artists. But uh, their mother, Laura, was like, I'm an artist. I was never meant to be a, a mother. I, I need to go live my life. I need to go figure out who I am. And Kath like recalls that making no sense to her at the time. Because she was like, you're our mom. That's who you are. But she wants to be more than their um, mom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So that was like 10 years ago now. The girls are moving into college. Kath is very introverted. Mm-hmm. She has a lot of social anxiety and she's quite dependent on Ren. But Ren has decided she doesn't want them to be roommates. They both got scholarships, which means they have places in the dorms. Kath is going to have a different roommate and Ren is going to have another different roommate and they're not going to live together for the first time ever. And Kath is freaking out because she has really bad social anxiety. It's real bad. It's and real bad. Was this like a sudden like shift? Like they were planning on living together and then Ren was like, nah. There's a little element in this book of Kath, because she processes a lot of things through writing, dramatizes things a little bit. Okay. Like, we open with her moving things into her dorm room and being like, I've been betrayed. But like, when you get into it, it's like, yeah, like Ren told her when they were doing the applications that they should apply to have separate housemates. And like, that's a thing like Kath was really unhappy with but like knew was happening, but like for the narrative tension, she's like, I'm, I've been betrayed in this moment and now there's a person I don't know in my room. Okay, so she has not like, she knew the information, but she didn't process it until she had to live the reality. Yeah. That's, okay, I've done that, been there. This girl has such bad social anxiety that she, she doesn't figure out where the cafeteria is for six weeks. And instead is living off jars of peanut butter and energy bars. Because she refused the tour or because, like, does she honestly not know where it is? Or was she like, I can't be in a room with that many people? She didn't want to go the first few days. And then everyone else seemed to know where it was. And then it was too late to ask anyone where it was. And it would be super awkward. So it would be easier if she just ate 
energy bars in her room and she's fine actually and occasionally she'll meet Ren in Ren's dorm and use that cafeteria but like she doesn't want to sit on her own okay Kath at this point six weeks in her housemate who's called Regan who is like 21 about three years older kind of old to be living in dorms but she has a scholarship as well that means she has to live in dorms is like do you have an eating disorder and Kath is like no 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 I don't and she tries to explain this situation and Regan's like are you on drugs and Kath is like no no why would you think I'm on drugs and Regan was like because I'm on drugs and I think it might help you you need a doctor (laughs) yeah have you tried anti-anxiety medication okay does she no okay I'm I'm just trying to figure out where this book is going so Regan's like okay I guess I have to keep this tiny child alive yeah she's like i'm gonna have to take this kid under my wing now and kath is like i really enjoyed the bit when we weren't friends you don't have to do this and regan's like i also enjoyed the bit where we weren't friends but unfortunately you're you've made it too weird and i've got a responsibility to look after you now is that their dynamic for the whole book but also they are actually friends somewhat yeah amazing um regan has like she takes no shit She's described as like larger than life. She's taller than Kath and she's also bigger than Kath. She's just like a slightly scaled up version of a person. And Kath is like most people when they're taller are like shy about it and like hunched down. But like Regan walks through the world like everyone else is too small and that's their problem. I love that. She's really good. Um, The other person who Kath spends time with because she never leaves her bedroom is Levi, who is Regan's boyfriend and is super sunshiny and super happy all of the time. And he has a receding hairline and he has very wispy blonde hair and he seems like really, really tall. And Kath is not initially into that. But then her boyfriend, who her sister describes as an end table. Oh. Because every time Kath tries to describe a trait that is good about him, it's a trait that would also make a good end table. Is he stable and solid he's supportive oh he's supportive and and solid and always there yeah (laughs) oh no oh no (laughs) i do not want to be described as an end table no nor do i that's why i live as a manic pixie dream girl (laughs) i've gotten a bit chaotic this book is quite dense Mm-hmm. But not like in a heavy way. It's like quite light and readable, but it's dense. This book would get like full points on the Great British Bake Off. No, they don't like dense cakes on the Great British Bake Off. It has complexity and flavor, but it's like still light enough that you want to keep eating it. But it is like nearly five hundred pages long. <laughs> in terms of it being like really long, it's actually kind of explained in the narrative because at one point. Um, after Regan has adopted Kath, um, Levi is like stealing some of her like energy bars and Kath also eats one and she's like, wow, this brings me back to two months ago. And Levi's like, college months are like dog years. Like one month is like six months in real lifetime. So why it takes so long to tell the story of one year. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. Um, she is struggling to feed herself because Mm -hmm. she can't ask directions to the cafeteria. How is she doing with finding her lecture halls? The actual academic experience of college. She is doing okay. The only class we really hear about is one given by Professor Piper, which is called fiction writing, which is actually like an upperclassman class. It's like a level three or so. And it's given by this professor, Piper, who's actually like a published novelist who's like won awards and being on lists and everything. But like Kath fought really hard to get put into this class because she knows she wants to be an English major. She loves writing. Everything else in the college experience is actually just her trying not to make friends. Okay. But everyone else around her so desperately wants to make friends that she ends up like accidentally making friends. So, um, I... When I came to college in UCD, I had already been to college before and I spent my first year being like, I already have friends down home and I already have friends from college. I don't need to make friends in Dublin. 
And, uh, I do not advise not making friends in college. Yeah. <laughs> this is why her roommate and her roommate's boyfriend end up being, like, two very important people in her life. Yeah, you're gonna end up, like, bonding with people somehow. Yeah. And, uh, if you go out and do activities, you'll have a better choice of people. This is very true. This is how I made friends in my second year. Yeah. You just adopted me. I maneuvered myself into your life. Every time you tell me about how you befriended me, it sounds creepier and creepier. Well, basically, we were in similar proximity a lot, and then you looked for someone to mind your houseplant, and I volunteered to do that, and then immediately gave that job to my then housemates. You offered to look after my plant even though you couldn't look after a plant. Yeah, I did the task you... required of me for the week. It was a full week. Did you do that? I achieved the goal. <laughs> it was done. The, the plant lives. <laughs> yeah, other than interactions with Levi and Regan, and then the interactions she has in class around writing, and the interactions Kat has with Ren, that's it. Okay, <laughs> cool. the whole thing. So, like I said, it's quite a dense book with many strands. I would say... The ones I'd boil it down to are like your world expanding mm -hmm. as you move into college, family drama, and then writing and the theme of writing and making art. So in terms of writing, Kath has a very, very, very successful Baz slash Simon fic called Carry On, which is essentially like an attempt to write the eighth book in the series before the author can publish it. Okay. So she... Okay. So essentially, like, writing Deadly Hallows before Deadly Hallows. Yes. Okay, yes, cool, yes, yes. Cool. So it's... Um, there's a lot of pressure on Kath. There's, like... Before she comes to college, she's posting an update every day. And they're often, like, a thousand words to, like, five thousand words. As she moves into college, she finds she's writing less and less. And she's also, like, having to write things for her writing classes, which are boring and not interesting and more difficult. Because they have to be original as opposed to borrowed? Yeah. Okay. So uh, one of the assignments, she starts off really, really well in Professor Piper's class. The first thing she has to do is write a story with someone else in the class. So she picks a dude called Nick. And they have to write a story together by passing it back and forth. Okay. Writing it paragraph by paragraph. And Nick is really annoying. He's like, we can't write it on a computer. And if Kath has like her computer turned on next to them, he's like, turn off the static so I can think. Okay, Hemingway. Essentially, yeah. And then he writes like, he writes like present tense, second person. And it's all like heroin chic, like girls who are smoking and cars that are fast and like oil puddles on the ground and Kath takes his story and twists it into a fluffy gay romance. I love this. And they get an A together and so Kath's doing like really well in this class and then she submits a fic and she gets mm. an F. Because it's plagiarism. Yeah and she's really upset. And the professor is like, it's plagiarism. And Kath is like, no, I, I, I made the characters do what I want. I, I didn't steal anything. I just borrowed it for a while to work with. And the professor doesn't get it. And it's like really, really upsetting. Hmm. I see how, I see how that would be upsetting, especially if she has like, if she is established within within the fandom. She is a star. She is a big name fan. Other people know her. And like she has, there are t-shirts which are merch for her fic. Yeah. So she's like, I'm established. This is a good, a good thing. And her lecture is like, you have to invent your own universe. Mm -hmm. And she actually ends up like, not caring about the class anymore. A few other things happen, like, so their final project they're meant to do is to write a 
10,000 word short story. And that's for their, their like winter assignment. So this is a first semester class. After Nick and Kath did their first project and it was went really well together, Nick was like, hey, we should like, we should write together more. I think we're doing like really good work together. And Kath is kind of like, sure, whatever. It gets me out of the house. She meets him in the library one or two days a week, Tuesday, Thursday, because uh, he works in the library. So he writes a story. She keeps changing and editing it and makes it much better. Sometimes they just study instead. And then like she calls Levi and he walks her back to her room. Then Nick says he wants to hand that story in for his final project the 10,000 word final project. But that was just a fun thing that they were working on together. Yeah, and it was also a thing she was working on. Yeah. And she ends up feeling like, so I can't write original stuff. I can only edit other people's things. It's derivative. Yes. Yeah. So between that and another big crisis, she ends up just never writing that final paper. And the other big crisis is that her dad has a manic episode. Oh, so her dad is bipolar and part of why Kath is really worried when she moves away for college is that she knows like without her and Ren, there's nothing to stabilize him. Yeah. And so like he likes to function where he's a little bit manic and like she goes home one weekend in the first semester and is like, well, he's a little bit manic. Like he's at the, he's at the point where like he has to design advertising for a new product and he has like things drawn on the walls and things stuck up and like that's fine but like he went to bed before 3am so we think he's okay but then she gets like a call from someone in his work is this like hey just letting you know your dad's okay but I had to just drop him off the mental hospital uh because uh you know he's fine he is okay I don't want to be worrying you girls but you know how he gets sometimes and uh it turns out he hadn't left his office for several days. Not good health management. No. So Kath immediately like runs home and she calls Ren and Ren is like, we have finals this week. Like, you know, whenever he's like this, he just needs to be like medicated for a while. Like he's so completely out of it right now. He's not even going to know you're there. So you might as well like just chill. Like I'm, I'm going to stay up here. And Kath is like, this is so indicative of how Ren is a monster who is abandoning our family right now. Ren seems to be trying to find who she is. And I'm like, yeah, maybe check in with how your dad is doing. But if this is like a a repetitive behavior, Mm -hmm. maybe also do your finals first. I'm on both of their sides. Yeah, it's tricky. Uh, Another thing Ren is doing that Kat is... Kath finds just like an absolute betrayal if she makes contact with their mother. Oh, okay. So their mother- Wait, who- sorry. I know she walked out, but they haven't had any contact since. No, they kind of know where she is. She's like living in the suburbs of Omaha. So like mm-hmm. the same city as they're living in. They don't talk to her. They know she's remarried and she has stepkids. And, um... Oh, that's tough. Yeah. Because if you could parent those kids, why couldn't you parent- us kids and I if you left us because you couldn't be a mom why are you I'm sure she's being more than a mom she's also doing other things but if you left us because you didn't want to be a mom why why are you being a mom yeah yeah so Ren actually spends Thanksgiving with her mother like she tells Art and Kath that She's just going to go over to Laura's for like an early dinner because they have their dinner at like noon and she'll come back for like the family dinner at like six, but she doesn't. And so like when this stuff happens around finals and Kath is dealing with like big creative difficulties and art having this breakdown and also relationship stuff and Ren is like, I'm just going to stay and do my exams. She's like furious. Yeah. That feels like there's a lot of, like, history and stuff going into it. Yeah. And, yeah, that is hard. She actually decides over Christmas that she doesn't want to come back for spring. She oh. She doesn't want to come back for the spring semester at all. She's having a real miserable time in college. She really, really is. And then what happens is 
she doesn't decide to come back but she it's like her dad is driving ran over and she decides to go over for the drive and then she decides to go up to her room because like i mean she's gonna have to unpack anyway and then Regan's going to go to get some dinner. So she might as well go get some dinner. <laughs> and up. all of a sudden it's two days later and she's in lectures. <laughs> and I guess I'm still in college then. Essentially. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. <sighs> Does her second semester go any better? It doesn't. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to now. How was actually... Um, so she's had Christmas, the exams have finished. Yeah. Her and Ren are both at home for Christmas break. Mm-hmm. Do they talk at all or are they like just on bare speaking terms going back to college? Very bare speaking terms. Like at the very start of college, they meet for lunch a bit, but okay. So there's, Ren is out drinking a lot. She's friends with her housemate, Courtney. They are doing a lot of the college thing and Kath is just not part of that at all. And Ren used to be big into fandom like Kath was and they used to co-author fix. And then Ren was also always like the editor on Kath's fix and none of this is happening anymore. So that would also relation- make it harder to to write her current fic. Yeah. Um, it seems like she's still really good. This current fic, she, which she's been working on for like two years by like this Christmas, is amazing. Everyone loves it. And it isn't one of Ren's fics. Um, but Ren used to edit it. But like now, like a doctoral student in Rhode Island looks over cat stuff for her. But it is, it really sucks. But in a thing that doesn't suck, do you want to hear about Levi. Tell me about Levi who doesn't suck and I hear walks her home from the library. Yeah. Also though, didn't you say he was dating Regan? That's what Kath thinks. Oh! Sometimes straight people can just be friends. Yeah. <laughs> Strange but true. Um, so Kath is... Every Tuesday and Thursday she's meeting Nick to write and then she calls Levi and Levi walks to the library and walks her home because he's always in their dorm room, always in her their dorm room. And she kind of doesn't notice him super much until she breaks up with her boyfriend who is a, an end table. Yep. Then there's like this lovely little bit where she describes suddenly there's guys everywhere. Surely there weren't this many guys in the world before. She notices their hair and their shoulders and their chest. And like she's just she's noticing them all the time and like the way they walk and the way they smell and like when they're tall and when they're broad and she's and just, just everywhere yeah men everywhere and then like she comes home from this onslaught and she goes into her room and then there's a boy on her bed and he's tall and he's got this sharp face and he's got like this widow's peak of hair and he keeps messing with his hair and she's really annoyed by it and it's real fun. It's real fun. But the big change that happens in their relationship is after Thanksgiving, which is a bad time for Kath because Ren goes off with mm-hmm. their mom. With Laura. Kath comes home, or she goes back to the dorms after that long weekend uh, to find Levi like leaning against the door. And he's like, is Regan in? And she's like, no, and she knows that Regan was going out with some football player today, but like Levi looks really upset and she thought that they had some kind of arrangement where he was cool with that because Regan does keep seeing all these other dudes. But he's like, no, 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 we were meant to study together. I have a test tomorrow. I, I'm going to bomb it. And Kat's like, well, you can just come in and study. And he's like, no, you don't understand. I have to read a book. And she's like, just just read the book. I don't mind. You can sit on her bed. It's Okay. And he's like, no, I, like, I can't read. Oh. Yeah. So Levi has a learning disability, mm-hmm. which is kind of broadly described. Um, what he says is like, he can read like a street sign. And then Kath is like, well, then just pretend it's a really long street sign. But he's like, no, if I try read 
too many like long paragraphs they just keep happening in front of me and like I can understand the words but I don't know what I just read okay so it doesn't sound exactly like dyslexia to my knowledge or exactly like ADD but like it's a form of it's probably a form of dyslexia where he is not able to comprehend the material in front of him so is what Regan is doing parsing the information or like reading it whole meal she often reads things and she goes through flashcards with him and like Kath had like noticed before that she seems to work on like flashcards a lot and then like only now does Kath realize that this is kind of how Levi ends up doing a lot of his studying and she's really shocked when she finds out like he can't read or he can't really read because you know obviously she's the person who puts a lot of stock in reading and writing Mm -hmm. and she's like but you're not stupid he's like no I know I'm not stupid and like she says things like oh well you can quote the Simon Snow books at me what's that about and he's like I listen to the audiobooks like he listens to his lectures he records all of them yeah that's he has some he has some dyslexia where he is not able to correctly comprehend the material when it is put down visually if he is able to comprehend it hourly like that Mm -hmm. um I also have dyslexia um and I also but I retain information via both I can't if there is information that's happening via dual sources I can't retain that at all what do you mean by dual sources so if I go to a so when I was in college I would go to lectures and someone would be talking but there would also be information to read and therefore I would learn nothing because it was happening in two different ways Mm -hmm. um and yeah I can generally um I also I find I find I find written comprehension depending on the subject much more difficult than usual so it takes me a lot longer to read um so a fiction novel is fine because it follows like a very set narrative that I'm very comfortable and aware of but um reading academic work takes me like three times longer and things like that yeah because I have to read the paragraph over and over again because it's just a series of words Levi needs to read a book for a quiz that's tomorrow the book he needs to read is Outsiders oh he should listen to our podcast yeah Kath is like really frustrated because she had like a really shitty weekend and this dude is like asking her for something or he's basically here with his hopelessness and she's like I've got studying to do we can study together and he's like I can't read and she's like can you watch the movie and he's like it's not available like there isn't an audiobook and she's like okay I'll read it to you okay cool the, wait she's gonna read the whole book to him she reads the whole book to him it's a short book you could read it in a night but oh my goodness her poor voice yeah it's it's a beautiful scene because they like they start out and like he's sitting on the chair and she's sitting on the bed and she's reading it and then like eventually they're both sitting on the bed and then like she's leaning against him and like her voice is going and then they're like curled up and then she's they're on their side and like she's reading and she's like oh man how much longer the only thing I know from this book is stay gold pony boy so I'm just gonna end up laughing like mad when that line comes but then when that line comes she starts crying because in context it's really terrible and so he's like hugging her and he wipes away her tears and then when she finishes the book he kisses her and then they're just like kissing and then they fall asleep together oh that's really cute so they fall asleep And it's really nice and it's really cute. And then they wake up because a really fun fact about Regan, because I love her so much, is that she always kicks open the door. So she like unlocks it and then she kicks it open. And there's like boot prints all around the outside of their door. That is not good for the hinges. Go on. No. So she (laughs) kicks the door open the next morning and like, Levi and Kath like bolt upright and Levi's like oh shit I'm two hours late for work and like runs out and Kath starts crying and Regan's like why are you crying and Kath's like I just I your boyfriend and she's like he's he's not my boyfriend 
it, you're okay? And Kat's like, no, because I did make out with him when I thought he was your boyfriend. And Regan's like, that is pretty shitty. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get lunch. <laughs> oh, amazing. And they have a discussion about boundaries because Regan and Levi used to go out. So... Regan's like, you know, I, I don't want to hear about, like, your relationship and stuff, but, like, he does really like you. Like, I kind of saw this coming for a while. I think it could go really well. And so he texts them and invites them to a party, but Kath isn't sure if she's going to go to the party. Because social anxiety. Yeah. And she's like, you know, I'm not a party person. I'm not good at parties. Like, I don't want to see him for the first time after this at a party. And... She goes to the party without telling him he's she's gonna be there, and like Regan helps her get all dressed up so that they look nice, and he's kissing another girl when she arrives, and without like saying anything, she just turns around and then like immediately runs back out to the car, and they drive back to the dorm, and that's kind of it for a while. So how's college going? This is... Given that she didn't hand in that 10,000 page essay. Oh, this is before that. Oh, this is before that. So the next time she talks to Levi, because like, Regan's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I'll keep him out of our space. And Kath is like, thanks. And she ignores all his texts until she needs someone to drive her for an hour to see her father, who's in a mental hospital. And he drives her. And accommodating he, of him. Yes, he's, <laughs> he's a really lovely and generous person. But the thing that like thing that throws Kath off is that he's just really sunny and nice and happy to everyone. So she didn't realize that he liked her particularly. Well, the kissing other girls would also like yeah. throw you off. So he drops everything because she's like, she calls him and he's like, I'm in work. And she's like, why are you picking up the phone when you're in work? And he's like, cause it's you, what's the story? <laughs> I have caller ID and I would only answer for you. Because, you know, I kissed you and I'm really into you and then you didn't call me back for ages and I have no idea why because I didn't know you were at this party. So while they're in the waiting room at the mental hospital, she like explains to him why she's been ignoring her and he was like, it was only a kiss. But all they had was a kiss. Yeah, and she's like, which one? And he's like, both. Fair. And then when she comes back after Christmas, he's waiting outside her dorm room again. He's like, I lied. It wasn't only a kiss. And she's like, which one? He's like, the first one. The second one was just a kiss. I don't even remember who that girl was. Like, I I kissed her because she was there and she wanted to kiss me. But like five minutes before that and five minutes after that, I was just standing there staring at my phone, hoping you'd come to my party. Like, poor Levi. A reason why I really like this book is it's got illustrations by Nicole Stevenson. So inside the front cover, you've got a bunch of the main characters. Oh, they're all so cute. They have little... Ren has a little pixie cut. Yeah, that's another thing Ren does that Kath doesn't like, is that she gets a pixie cut without telling her and they stop being identical. Oh, I mean, the glasses would also make them non-identical, but I get that. And then on the back cover, we've got this conversation where... Just after Christmas, Levi's like, can you give me another chance? And Kath is like, I I don't know if I can. And he's like, do you want to give me another chance? Like, are you rooting for me? That's cute. It is cute. And I actually, I really like it on a communication level because it acknowledges that people can be ungenerous. Do like, well, if you want to forgive me, why don't you just forgive me? But the thing is, you can't control that. And this acknowledges and gives a middle ground where you're like, okay, you're not sure if you can forgive me, but like, do you want to make this work so that we can work together on making this work? And it's really nice. Do they make it work? Yeah, that's nice. They make it work like really, really slowly. And another thing Kath is like kind of chagrined about is that like she writes all this like real hot and heavy, cute and sexy fanfic but she's like really nervous about actually doing the the deed. She's actually just nervous even touching Levi like at all. Like is he he dated uh Regan who is older than Kath. Is he also older than Kath? Yeah, they're both like 20, 21. Okay. So 
she's really self-conscious about the fact that like he's done it before like Regan breaks her own rule about not wanting to hear anything about their relationship and like explicitly tells Kath that they lost their virginity together and then Kath is like I can't touch him because he's Regan's like I know he's not Regan's but like he's Regan's and she also feels like she can't control herself like if she so much as like holds his hand she'll just like be an uncontrollable runaway train of desire okay oh the hormones of an 18 to 19 year old it's kind of really cute because it is she's cute. first love she's just kind of afraid of wanting him and how much she wants him and another thing that's really nice is this book describes both like how he isn't very conventionally attractive but also she's so into it like her end table boyfriend was like broad and he was dark and he had like beautiful well sculpted face and everything and Levi is like 5'11 he's got a receding hairline yeah he's got really wispy hair and he keeps playing with it to like bring more attention to it and his entire face is shaped like an acorn okay he looks like Draco Malfoy yeah but I truly believe that Draco Malfoy is very attractive especially in the in the veer of Tom Felton. I think Draco Malfoy would age really badly. Mm. I see a receding hairline in that future. Yeah. 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 Poor Draco. Okay. So wait, we're now at Christmas. She has a new boy. Mm-hmm. They're working things out. They. How do things go with Ren? With Ren, there is a big bad crisis. Kath is trying to write her final essay because Professor Piper gave her like basically an entire extra semester to do her final essay because she both thought that she could do a really good job, wanted to encourage her art history and also knew that she really helped out with Nick's one because she can see that style and she knows that Nick didn't credit her. So she's like, you deserve another shot at this because you had other stuff on. And so she's trying desperately to write this essay. She gets a phone call from her mother. Okay. And she says, I'm in the hospital with Ren. Can you, like, come now, please? What happened to Ren? Alcohol poisoning. That can happen. That can happen when you go to college and drink for the first time unsupervised. She was just dumped in the emergency room by someone who then drove off. Bad friends. Bad friend. And then they... The people in the emergency room were like, we always just take the teenager's phone and then we scroll to the contacts and then first thing we do is we call mom. And okay. So, so they called Laura, who when Kat arrives is like, you know, I should go. You're here now. You manage this. Yeah. Oh. She's like, I don't want to intrude on this moment. Um, we should catch up like another time. And does, do, do the, does their dad come? Or he, how did she get there? Is Levi with them? She, Re- Regan drives her oh, okay. and uh, Levi was away at a family weekend. So their dad was in another city doing some kind of work presentation and he's not able to get a plane. So he rents a car and drives for seven hours straight to get there. Oh. But like in the interim, it's just Kath and their mom. And Laura's like, I have to leave. I don't want to make this about me. And Kath is like, you have to stay. And Laura's like, this isn't the time or place. And Kath is like, like, this is the only time. This is the only place. It is the choice you make right now that matters. And Laura's like, listen, I'm not, uncom- I'm not comfortable with these kind of situations. And she leaves. Okay. Yeah. That, that fits. But the alcohol poisoning really brings Ren and Kath back together. So Ren does not acknowledge that she's done anything wrong. She does not think she has a problem. But their dad is like, I was hoping you'd get this out of your system and you'd find your own balance, but I'm not pulling you out of college right now, but you have to come home every weekend and you have to never drink. You have to attend AA meetings. We have a history of bipolar and schizophrenia in this family. You can't be losing control. You need to have your balance before you can take any substances. That's fair. And Kath and Ren are friends again. Good. 
Yeah. I'm glad that they, they bond back up. They do. Good. And Ren is immediately is like, what are you doing with Carry On? I've been reading all the updates. She's been checking in, even though she's been distant. She's been shitty. Yeah. But she's been okay. And Kath confides in her that she's thinking about killing Baz. <gasps> you can't kill Draco Baz? You can't kill Draco Baz. And her reasoning is that, like, in the universe of the books, in the Simon Snow books, Baz is just this one-dimensional villain character. And, like, Kath's been working to, like, redeem him. And she wants... She wants to, like, show how people can change. And, like, wouldn't it be such a beautiful, like symbol of like the change in the character if he died for Simon and Ren is like you're full of shit the most brave and beautiful thing two people can do is like work together and like live a life and like try to make it work and Kath is like are you in love? (gasps) Who is she in love with? Ren is in love with a boy called Jandro who is in one of the frats and he thinks that fanfic is a bit weird but he's like very supportive and kind and like he turned up with Levi to the hospital when like when the girls were getting checked out Levi is in the waiting room talking to Jandro and he like gives a coffee to Art who just came in the door after driving seven hours and he's got a banana in his shirt pocket (laughs) and he's like hey I got your text I text you back and Kath's like oh my phone died uh, he drove again an insane amount of hours because America is too big and he's like I'm sorry I don't have another coffee to offer you and she said are you going to offer me a banana and he said I'm going to offer you half a banana <laughs> compromises the key <laughs> yeah. to any good relationship and she says I would give you the moon right now <laughs> and they're in love and it's very cute Aww. and they do eventually do more touchy stuff and it's good for them and she ends up writing her big final essay about her mother and her mother leaving them and the whole thing that her professor is trying to is trying to get into her head the whole time is you don't have to create the world of the mages you don't have to create the wizarding world essentially Mm -hmm. like you shouldn't be comparing yourself with this amazing international bestseller who revitalized children's literature and blah 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 And Kath is like, but I am better than her at writing her world, though. So it really sucks to, like, take those training wheels off and have to, like, wobble along and do a kind of shitty version of her own world. That, oh, so much of life is just taking the training wheels off and then having to wobble while you figure out how you do it without the support that you used to have and I'm not saying like support is good it is good that everyone has support but at some point sometimes you also have to walk on your own and that's scary and awful yeah and in terms of training wheels a thing I didn't even mention so far is the fact that throughout this book every chapter at the start of every chapter there is an extract from either a fic that Kath wrote a fic that Kath and Ren wrote together or the actual Simon Snow books. Oh, okay. So you also have, like... You also get, like, a lot of the story from Simon Snow? Yeah, and you get... It's a parallel to what's happening in the story in a really fun way. Like, the opening sentence of chapter one is there was a boy in her room and that's actually Levi. But then, like, at the end of that chapter is a quote from chapter three of Simon Snow and the Mage's Heir and opens with there was a boy in Simon's room ah, and it's about Simon and Baz's first meeting so like if you're paying attention there's all sorts of good like nuggets and kind of easter eggy bits that's cool so throughout you've got quotes from the fic quotes from the books and then just at the very end of the last chapter is the quote from Kat's final short story mm-hmm. which is credited as winner of the underclassman prize from the prairie schooner scholarship fall 2012 oh she's an award-winning uh, college writer she also gets revenge on nick go on which i kind of skimmed over but like after her and ren are like 
friends again and like she's dating Levi. She and Ren are going to Kath and Reagan's room to work on the fic and like Reagan's on her way out somewhere and one of her like football boys is there and then Levi also turns up and he's like hey I got off work early do you want to hang out and Nick just comes upon them in the hallway and is like can I talk to you Kath and Kath who was like really really socially anxious and wasn't able to like address it at all when he like took credit away from her for this story is like yeah you can talk to me and he's like looking at this crowd of people who are suddenly looking at him with real hostility he's like uh somewhere else and she's like no here so turns out he was going to be published in the same publication Mm -hmm. but professor piper wouldn't allow him to publish it unless he gave co-writing credit to kath yeah because she knew that she knew that she worked on it with him and so nick has come and he's like can you please give me permission to put your name down so that we can both get published it would be a really good start to my career i mean both of our careers um it would be really great and kath is like no i i I don't want to publish it you're you know it really is your story and he's like but professor piper won't let me publish it unless you you do co-writing and she's like yeah but i don't want to attach my name to that piece it's not my best work. Yeah. And I don't want it to sit beside my other solo work. <laughs> Which won the award. So she gets to like completely stop him from doing a big achievement because he was just taking credit for her work. And it's not fair. Very nice. Yes, it is good. I am I'm I'm glad that her social anxiety is not healed by just having more friends. Like, it sounds like she has a lot more work to do at the... Like, that she has come out of her shell, but has more work to do at the end of the novel. She definitely does. And, like, her social anxiety continues to happen. Like, another reason why she finds it difficult to be physical with Levi is that, for some reason, she's like, Oh, God, he's got all of these friends. He could tell about the stuff that we do together. And, like... She knows he wouldn't, but like... What if? What if he did? And what if he's like, oh, it's really weird. She just like kept touching my face or something like that. So she's like, I can't control myself. I can't let myself let loose. I might do something weird. Like touch his face. Yeah. Fair enough. Can't go around touching your boyfriend's face. What will you think? Anything else we need to touch on? Levi's face. (laughs) Gross. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else you think needs to be wrapped up? Um, does she ever contact her mom again? She doesn't. Um, Fair. Because, again, one of the things I'd source is, like, one of the big themes of this book is opening up the world. Mm-hmm. But she picks and chooses, and she's like, this is not... A world I need to open yeah. right now, if ever. Yeah, she... Like, Ren has established contact with her mom, and, like... Kath is obviously furious that she just left Ren at the hospital, but Ren's like, eh, she's just not good at the heavy stuff. So she's okay having a relationship with a woman like that, but Kath isn't, so. It's fair. Yeah. It's fair. Okay. I don't, I don't think I have any other questions. No? No. Like I said, it was a very complex book. Does she get, um, carry on finished? She does. Uh, she gets it finished and she doesn't kill Baz. Um, the fact that she wants to kill Baz through like the way the narrative is wound in you can see is about her fear of her own writing and also her like issues with intimacy so as she kind of starts adjusting and giving herself a little bit more trust to both be creatively free and to be vulnerable and spontaneous Mm -hmm. so she's able to like be like okay I guess I can let my OTP survive. (laughs) They can love each other. I do not need to bury my gaze. Yes. They actually don't really touch on the fact that she is writing gay fanfiction as a straight girl. She is a straight girl. She is at one point kind of weirded out because a thing she and Levi do is she will read her fanfiction to him. And it's just a nice thing they do when they cuddle. And she's like, I'm actually a little uncomfortable doing this right now because I know one of your housemates is gay. 
And what if he walks in and he's like, why are these straight people reading about gay sex and cuddling? So she's a little bit aware of the of the dynamic, but isn't not doing it. She's a little bit aware of it, but yeah, she's not, she doesn't interrogate it in a huge way. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that was Fangirl by Rainbow Rowell. Um, highlights, sidelights? I think I'm going to say the low light is that it was so long. Even though it was a good book and I really enjoyed reading it, and I did end up staying up till 3am on Saturday night finishing it, it was really difficult to talk about for the part. That's not a low light of the book. That's just a low light of the context in which you were reading it in. I guess. Um... I do have a problem with how quickly Kath forgave Ren. Like, okay. Trauma, though. It does seem like she's just... Like, she is a lot happier after she and Ren reunite, and it is good for them both. But it feels like she's... Like, she's just collapsing. You know, she's like, I didn't have the support for so long. I was just about to crumble, but I'm just going to crumble and acquiesce even though you haven't acknowledged you've got an alcohol problem, you haven't apologised for how you treated me, and I'm still really hurt about you re-establishing contact with our mother. I know some of those are reasonable and some of them aren't, but I'm just too tired of not having you around anymore. Okay. So we're just going to be friends again. And, like, I guess that's valid, but it seems to me, like, not the moral choice. Well, like, Ren does go to AA and, like, she's, she follows the stipulations. Yeah. And she so. hates it. And at the end of the book, she's like, can we be housemates next year? And Kath is like, oh, but me and, me and Reagan already said we were going to. Sorry. That's, well, that's, that's standing on her own. Yeah. And that's growth. That is growth. I'm happy for her. Yeah. Cool. And I'd say, I think Reagan was the sidelight for me because she wasn't like a major character but she just busts in every now and again kicking the door open being a great friend being larger than life taking her meds meeting as many boys as she wants and just having a great time i'm happy for reagan yeah and then highlight the relationship between kath and levi is really good Mm -hmm. there's so many beautiful little choice quotes about them partially because Kath has an amazing turn of phrase so there's writers be like that writers be like that I'm sorry I was looking for one and I found the wrong turned corner where she said god his chin she wanted to make an honest woman of his chin god she wanted to lock it down (laughs) um I officially hate this boy's chin yeah I know right but there's Oh, he takes her on a date to visit a garden that shows the variety of native grasslands in Nebraska, but he does it in the depth of winter where there's no grasses. So he's just like, this field would usually have this in it. Oh my god. (laughs) That is the perfect date. It is beautiful. But yeah, the quote I was trying to find was, Kath held him even tighter. He was good. He was good and she didn't want to lose him. Not that she felt like she was going to lose him. Just in general. In general, she didn't want to lose him. That's sweet. And they don't have a car accident together, even though they drive along the interstate in storm conditions. So, I'm, I'm glad that none of the traumas or crises in this book were car accident related. I think we might have to, like, reset our norms. It's been a while now since I've had a car accident book. Yeah. Maybe we should have, like, a countdown. Maybe that's a thing we could put on Instagram. Maybe. It has been three books since Aoife's read about a car accident. Listeners, you've been listening to us talk about Fangirl by Rainbow Rowell, and now you should follow us on social media. Indeed. Follow yeah. us on Twitter at ForeverYAPod. Instagram at ForeverYAPodcast. And check out our Patreon to become a Patreon supporter, also at Forever YA Pod. I believe our Goodreads is also Forever YA Pod. Only check that out if Amazon are not currently striking. We do not like to cross the picket line here at Forever YA Pod. 
Yeah, Instagram is our ugly duckling. It has podcast. Goodreads is run by Amazon. Uh, but yeah, on Goodreads, you can check out what we are reading, have read, and will be reading. The next books we will be doing, because we are coming into October, are going to be spooky scary. Spooky scary books. Yes. Um, I will be doing... I will be doing Skullduggery Pleasant by Derek Lambie, set in Dublin. And Aoife is, as of yet, undecided. But we will keep you updated and let you know when we know. Yeah, follow us on the socials. If you want more input on the decision of what books we read, please recommend us books on social media. We love your recommendations. We particularly love the recommendations you make through Patreon. Not that we don't love other recommendations, but the ones you make through Patreon are the ones we will definitely read. If you give us money, we will read your book. It's that simple. Mm -hmm. We love you and we love your money. (laughs) We love you and mama needs a new mic. (laughs) Oh yeah, no, I do need a new mic. (laughs) So if you want... If you want better sound quality, hit us up on Patreon. Oh, and if you really want to support us, but you don't have money, again, you can follow us on whatever. You can also leave a review on whatever podcatching platform you're using. Particularly useful to us are the reviews that you leave on Apple Podcasts because algorithms leave us a big long review just full of like positive adjectives and keywords and uh, give us five stars and you'll be my favorite for a brief period of time because I'm like a butterfly with my attention. I think that's all. Yeah, that's all. Uh, We've been Forever YA Pod. Uh, You've been Golden. Talk to you in two weeks. Bye. A good podcast where we review books. Here is your wild librarian. Eva, where are the lesbians? They're here to answer all of your questions because they're forever young adults. Hey, the outro music has happened and you're still here. I think you want to follow us on Twitter. Yeah, you can find us there at Forever YA Pod. And on Instagram at foreveryapod. You can also email us at foreveryapod. And if you really, really like what you're hearing, you can contribute to our Patreon, which you can find at foreveryapod. Also, don't forget to like and subscribe. Also, if you are listening on iTunes, please leave us a review. We love you. Talk to you in two weeks. Bye.